0: Chapter 4. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk wholly in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous uh, and generous love toward one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. Some of you right now are thinking about someone. (laughs) Always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially those who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. Being one body and one spirit, you were all curled and curled Sheesh, you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. I'm not sure what accent that one came from. For the Lord, is, the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And He is the perfect Father who leads us all walks, works, oh my goodness, works through us all and lives in us all. (coughs) Verse seven, and he has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. I'm not sure about you, but the gift of Christ is immeasurable, which implies that the grace that he has given you is immeasurable the supernatural grace. And this is why he says, verse eight, he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him and gifts were given to men. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven even to the lower regions, namely the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. And he has point, appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and to prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. I, this is an incredibly powerful passage, incredibly powerful passage. In fact, I really love the whole book of Ephesians, but this particular passage lends, uh, lends something, I think, in our hearts about, well, it should or it could if we, if we open our hearts to this. The idea that you have a divine calling. You have a divine calling. You begin to access that divine calling when you invite Jesus, the one who ascended to the heights of heaven after he'd been here with us on earth, when you invite Jesus into your life and say, Jesus, I want you to bring healing, I want you to bring wholeness, and I'm asking you to take leadership in my life so that I can experience all that you've got for me the moment you invite him into that and you start that journey with him is the beginning of a moment where there's activated in you this idea of a divine calling. See, I believe that every person on planet Earth has the potential for a divine calling because you're created by God. But the challenge for all of us, those of us who have experienced Jesus, is to invite other people into the journey of knowing Jesus, discovering Him so that they too can discover their divine calling. Because the way I read this is for us as the church to grow to maturity, we need everyone functioning in their divine calling, in the measure of grace, the supernatural grace that God has given them. See, there's, there's two aspects to this in this passage. There's this idea that everyone of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a ministry that is yours, that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. I have a personal belief, and I think you can defend it in Scripture, and this passage is probably the primary one, is that every saint, every person who is a believer in Jesus is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the good news of Jesus Christ. You don't need a title, you don't need a position. Just because you are a follower of Jesus, it is a high calling as Paul puts in here in verse one. You have a high rank. You are a prince or princess. You are a son and daughter of the king. Straight away, that puts you at the highest rank. You have an inheritance and you have a calling to flow from the king into this world the kingdom of god you're called to you're called to ministry every single one of you sometimes we, we say oh yeah ministry oh that's that's only done in the church that's where ministry happens and i say yes it does happen in the church but not only in the church ministry happens through the church which is you and me. See, so it's really interesting. I was, um, I've, I've been reflecting over this. Uh, oh, actually, it's been a long time now. There's this, this weird, weird thing that goes on in our heads where we, we have this idea of this amorphous entity called the church. And we go, oh, I wish the church would do this. Or I wish the church would do that somewhere subtly we have bought into this idea that the church is something that doesn't include me or you, right? But the definition of church, if you want to read the Bible, is it's every follower of Jesus is the church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. So if you want to say at any point, the church, I wish we were doing this, or the church doesn't do this, or the church hurt me. Actually, all you're saying is you're those things. Because you're the church. It's not the elders. It's not the pastors. It's not the staff. You are. We just happen to have some structure and some legal obligations and some organisation stuff that happens, but that's not the church. The church is you. The church is people. The church is ministers of the Spirit of Jesus. That's all of us. So we can minister. Some of us are called to minister. Our primary ministry is in the church. But the majority, let's just say, stats I, I, say probably about, and this is a really generous thing, about 10% of believers, their primary ministry is within the body of Christ. The rest of the 90%, your primary ministry is outside of the body of Christ. So that means if you look around in this room, we've got about 130, 140 people here. That means if you take that, and it's a very generous figure, if you take that, let's say 14, maybe 15 people, their primary ministry is within the body of Christ to the body of Christ. The rest of us, our primary ministry is out there. And that's what Paul is saying here is you've got to remember that each one of you is apportioned with a supernatural grace. And that that apportioning that Jesus has given you is not, not according to how quote, gifted you are. It's according to Jesus and his immeasurable gift of grace to us. So what does that mean? It means that it's the end of any form of hierarchy within the church. Because actually, you're all gifted and incredibly gifted by God to do ministry and to do what he's called you to do. There's no limits to it. And we need to get that into our hearts. It's according to the size of the gift of Christ. Sure, it goes on and it talks about some leadership roles. Some, some equipping roles, I'll call them. Who are there to equip the saints, the church, for their work of ministry. See, it's interesting for me. I, I, um, I fit into one of those equipping ministries, if you want to say. One of those roles of equipping That's my job. Part of what I've been called by God to do. But you know what? I also have ministry because I'm a follower of Jesus. My ministry happens to include some equipping. But actually, because I'm a follower of Jesus, when I stand and I I pray for someone like this morning, I'm not equipping anyone in that moment. I'm ministering, right? And every single one of you could do the same thing. And and I just really feel this morning, I need to break something in terms of thinking. There's this thing that happens in the church, and I just talked about. Uh, you know, we have this guest ministry coming to shout. And, and we elevate these ministries to a place where we think they've got something special. And yes, sometimes we look at them and we go, God is really using them in amazing ways. I wanna just say, the reason I wanna go and, uh, and, and experience Leif, Leif's ministry is not to elevate him, it's because what he's doing inspires me to believe that God could do something similar through my life. He's got nothing special all he's done is he said yes to the spirit and the grace that God has placed on his life. And he said to yes to it probably in a greater degree than I have because he's willing to literally put his life at risk to pursue the cause and the ministry that God has given him. And I go, yep, I, I probably need to hang around someone like that because he's got an understanding of the grace of God that I haven't yet experienced. So for me, when I go around and, and, you know, we have this moment in, in church where people are lifting their hands for healing, I'm going, every single person who doesn't have their hands raised should be ministering healing right now. Sorry, I'll take the word should out of that and say could. Because the potential is in every single one of us to lay hands on the sick, because this is the destiny that Jesus said over everyone who believes in Him, their inheritance, their calling, is that they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So it doesn't require someone special or with special anointing quotes, because you have special anointing from God. We all do. The church does. And I want to encourage us and inspire us this morning. You have a divine calling. And the church needs you to step into all that God's got for you and outwork your ministry. It's gone quite quiet. If you're here and, and you're, you're part of KIC, if you're visiting this morning, you can, uh, you can ignore this if you like. But if you're part of KIC, my expectation is that you are growing into understanding your divine calling and you are outworking your ministry that God has given you to do. You are not called to come on a Sunday morning to sit and be an observer. Some of you right now are probably going, well, I'm not coming back to this church again. <laughs> there are moments in life where we need to sit and, and, and receive, absolutely. But if you stay sitting and receiving, all you become is a stagnant swamp that stinks and no one wants to go around. There's a principle of nature. You receive too much stuff, you become fat, you become stagnant, and you become unhealthy. The worst of it is you end up stinking and no one wants to be around you. Because all you do is you suck, 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 suck off things. And no one likes being around people that that's all they do all the time. We will, as it says in verse 2, we will with tender humility and quiet patience always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially those who try your patience. We will do that for you. (laughs) For the point of kick up the butt, let's get on with it. Am I being gentle enough? (laughs) It's always an invitation of God. Is receive, absolutely receive. Keep receiving, because ministry, when there's a flow out, you need to receive. But if you're still receiving and you're not ministering and you're not letting it flow out, then I want to challenge you that the end result of that is you will become unhealthy and sick. And I don't mean sick physically, I mean sick spiritually. And I don't think the church is called to be that. The church is called to be healthy, to be thriving, to be vibrant, to be full of life, to have something to offer the world around us, because we've realized that the gift that God has given us through Christ is so generous and so immense that it is... It is our responsibility to not hold on to that, but to shed it, to, to spread it, to give it to other people. Because it is so, it's too big for me on myself to contain. And for us to change the world, we need every single follower of Jesus to be receiving and giving. To be saying, God, I want more of your love. I need more of your love. I need to understand more of your love. But I need to release more of it to people around me. To step into the ministry that God's given us. Because we are all ministers of the Spirit of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your, uh, your presence here today. I thank you for the healings that we have seen this morning and that we will see out of that moment where we stepped into the prophetic, uh, the prophetic environment of healing. And God, I just continue to pray for those who haven't yet experienced the fullness of their healing, God, that you would release that and release that and release that and release that in Jesus' name. And Father, I break every affliction, I break every sickness, I break every illness, I break every cancer and its power over the bodies of people in this church. And I declare that today is the end of those things and the beginning of full freedom and healing in Jesus' name. God, may we all rise to understand the inheritance we have as As followers of Jesus, as people who believe that Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That we would realize the anointing that flows and is available to us to minister everything that you ministered. That there's no limits for us. But that as we walk into our areas of influence in the world, whether it be a mum looking after kids, whether it be a teacher, whether it be a businessman, whether it be someone who runs a cafe, whether it be someone who's studying and is a student. Lord, when we walk into those moments that your anointing is there to to minister life to those around us to bring hope to those around us, to bring joy to those around us, to bring encouragement to those around us, to minister healing when we need to into those around us. God, stir us that we are not, we are not less in the kingdom of God. We are all sons and daughters of the King. Remind us of that, I ask, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that was the first part of my message. I've got another second part next week, and maybe a third and a fourth part. We'll just see how it goes. Um, but thank you for being here this morning. I, You know, I... Um, Every time I, I wake up in the morning on a Sunday in particular, one of the first thoughts I have sometimes is, anyone else gonna, is, is, is anyone else going to show up? I'm just being vulnerable with you. And, I go, and, and, and in, in my heart I go, uh, when that thought comes in, I just go, no, nah, we're going to have a full house today. Because people want to come into the presence of God and to gather together. And in my imagination I counteract that thought and I picture a place that's full and it's pumping. Where people are getting saved, where people are choosing to follow Jesus, where people are responding to the healing power of God and people are stepping into all that they've got that God's got for them. And so when you come on a Sunday morning, I do not take that moment lightly. It is, for me, uh, this is a a supernatural, sacred moment when the church gathers. Yeah? And I, I don't take that for granted. I think this is, it's not the only expression of church, but I think it's an incredibly important expression of church because there is something that happens in this environment that enables us and empowers us and inspires us for what can be... The rest of the week, This is only two hours of the whole week for you, 168 hours. It's only two hours. There's 166 more other ones that God wants to use you in ministry. That includes the time that you're sleeping. He wants to use you in ministry because your spirit is still active while you're sleeping. And so this time is incredibly sacred and I don't take it for granted. So thank you for being here and I bless you for being here this morning and I bless you to know that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And because of that, you have a divine calling. So when we leave this place, you're empowered. The point of this is you're empowered to be able to administer the love of God into this world that we live in bless sure.